Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, we love comic book movies, don't we? We certainly do. We, lo- we love them all. We do. And we've talked about them to, to no small amount on this show, I would say. We've covered the gamut of the, of the, the comic book movies quite a bit. Yeah, because we're both big comic book fans anyway, so... Right, right, exactly. And uh, we've done our top five Marvel movies. Uh, I don't think we've done our top five DC movies yet, but I'm sure that's in <laughs> well, the pipeline. Yeah, well, that's going to be, yeah. <laughs> They're going to make some more better movies first. Yeah, well, this, oh, this is my number two. This is my number one. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, as this is a mini episode, a little break from our regular programming, we thought it would be fun to tackle our top five non-Marvel or DC comic book movies. Yes, because for people out there who may be not into comic books, you you probably automatically think of Marvel and DC and, you know, the big superhero ones, but... There's so many other comic book companies, you know, independent ones, you know, Valiant, Dark Horse, Image, just to name but three. But there's like hundreds out there and loads of small independent ones as well. So if you just want to get into comics, go to your com- local comic shop and just have a look around the shelves. Start talking to the shopkeeper and just buy a few and try them out because there's something to fit any kind of interest out there. They're not all superheroes, people in capes. They deal with all kinds of things. That's right. Now, if you're not a comic book fanatic like us and you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what the heck is a Marvel or a DC movie. I don't pay attention. Well, here's a, here's a little breakdown. Obviously, I, I think most people know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is your Avengers, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, all those characters. But that also includes your Spider-Man movies, your X-Men movies, your Deadpool movies. Those are all Marvel characters. Yeah, and then we've got the DC Universe, which isn't very good so far, but that includes uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, and we have the Justice League movie, and we've got Aquaman and The Flash coming out. We've also got the TV shows and things. Yeah, Suicide Squad as well. Um, but the, the also, you will have seen lots of D, DC TV shows like Flash and all those, the Arrow ones and things like that. So the, you know, that should hopefully, if you know, you, you know what Marvel and DC are now, if you if you weren't up on that. Right. So this is our list of our top five comic book movies that are not by Marvel or DC. So this list won't include any of your Avengers, any of your your Black Panther, your Deadpool, your Batman, your Supermans, your Justice Leagues. You know, none of that stuff will be on this list. This is uh, comic books that that I mean, well, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think you've heard of most of the ones on my list, but they, you may not realize some of them came from comic books originally. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, and I was going to say, yeah, we're not going to include any animated movies. Right. Right. We'll probably do uh, another top five for that and anime and things like that in a in a future mini episode. Right. Right. These are all live action adaptations or in, inspired by comic books that are not Marvel and DC. All right. Well, Phil, do you want to kick us off and give us your number five? Okay. Yeah. My number five is Men in Black. Cool. Which is uh, was originally written and created by Lowell Cunningham and illustrated by Sandy Carruthers way way back. In uh, the early 90s, I think. And it was from published by a few companies, Ursul and Malibu. But I just like the whole... I've always liked the whole Men in Black thing where there's aliens and there's always this mysterious people. But the fact they played it for laughs, 
Uh, I'm talking about mainly the first film, which I think is really good. Although Men in Black Three was a pleasant surprise, right? But uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith doing good things and some cool gadgets, very stylish, funny, uh, and lots of fun. Yeah, I like the Men in Black films, especially the first one. Um, I didn't make my list uh, because there's just so many to to pick from. Really, narrowing it down to five was was tricky. Um, but that is one of the ones that's most obscure. Like a lot of people don't realize that was based on a comic book, and it was a very very small press. Uh, comic book the, the copies of it are very rare hard to find these days for yeah sure. I, I don't actually uh own any of them i've always tried to wanted to get some but i haven't they're really small print runs they're just they're just not comics that re- ever saw a mass audience of any kind yeah as i say it's a as mike's just said it's an obscure one that's uh that's my number five what's uh what have you got for your number five my number five is 30 Days of Night. Uh, it's a vampire uh, film yes. I've mentioned before, uh, directed by David Slade and based on the comic book by Steve Niles and Ben Templesmith. I love the comic. It was a three-issue miniseries from IDW, and uh, I just reread it uh, not that long ago, and it still holds up so well. Uh, it's a, it's a, a very you – know, it's not a long story, but it's so economical, and it, it gets it just – gets your your spine tingling when you read it but it, it just gets the hair on the back of your neck up it's so creepy and so well done and ben temple smith's art is really really cool and then the movie version uh actually stayed relatively true to the comics yes it did didn't in, it? Yeah. In, yeah, yeah it did you know in, in tone and in spirit for sure and then I'm, largely in terms of plot as well uh and i just think the movie is really really cool I, I it's one i've talked about on the show a number of times it's made a few other mini episode lists but it is based on a comic book and i i really dig it uh, it's a great kind of horror action film so that's my number five excellent uh, my number four is uh well it's two films it's hellboy and hellboy 2 by guillermo del toro based on the dark horse comics by mike mcnola uh i just think although they didn't they did change it quite significantly the whole setup and the, the character of Hellboy is a little bit different. They just the look of it of Hellboy. They just got Hellboy and Abe and all the other ones. They just got the look of it spot on from the comic and carried across the essence of of what Mike Mignola had created. It was something I never thought we'd have on the on the big screen. And um, we're going to have a reboot coming up at some point with the the guy from Stranger Things, the sheriff from that. But uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro. It was really really good, and you can go back and listen to what we thought happened after the ending of Hellboy 2, because sadly we're not going to get uh, Del Toro's uh, final part of the trilogy. Indeed. I, You know, I, Hellboy 2 was on my list and off my list. It kept going back and forth, and ultimately it didn't make the cut, but it would have been like my number six probably if yeah, we were doing yeah, a top yeah. six list. So, uh, But infamously, I've mentioned before that I like the second one better than the first one. So, Yeah, I, I do as well, because the, fir- the first one got some nice bits, but the more I've watched it, the more you just sort of go, oh, wow, it's a bit shaky. Yeah. But it was it was episode 30 when we went after the ending of Hellboy 2. All right, well, my number four, uh, another film that will not be my... I don't think most of these will be a surprise to most people, actually, but my <laughs> number four is the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the original live-action Ninja Turtles film, uh, still my favorite Ninja Turtles film, hands down. And and I maintain that I think it still holds up really well. Um, you know, the suits, I think, look good. You oh, know, the yeah, dialogue yeah. is funny. The story really comes straight from the comic books. Um, you know, some of the animatronics, like like Splinter, you know, aren't as great, you know, some almost 30 years later. But I, I really love this film. It it really captured the characters of the Ninja Turtles so much better than the Michael Bay produced ones from the past couple of years. Um, and obviously I have a soft spot for this film. It holds a special place in my heart, uh, but I do think it holds up really well. It's a good film. So that's my number four. Uh, an excellent choice. And you'd be on yours. I mean, I do. I, I like you. I've got a soft spot for the first one in particular. Uh, and when I, when I always remember when I heard about the making, I was going, well, that's, that's going to be weird. 
They're not going to. Yeah. It's not going to look. But then when you saw the suits and you're going, oh my god, how have they done that? That looks just like it. That's amazing. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it was lots of fun. Uh, but my my number three is a bit more serious, a bit darker. It is Old Boy. Mm. It's actually been made into a film uh, three times now. There's the 2003 one, which is the one I'm talking about by Park Chan Wook. Then in 2006, there's an Indian version uh, called Zinda, which I've not seen. Uh, and then there was uh, the 2013 film by Spike Lee, uh, but that's moving on from that one. But yeah, it's based they're all based on the Japanese manga written by Garon Tsuchiya and illustrated by Nobuyaki Managishi. Apologies if I mispronounced them. Uh, but it's about a guy who's kidnapped, put in prison for 15 or so years, and then released and then tries to track down what's happened and goes to very dark places. But uh, yeah, if you didn't know, it was based on a comic book old boy is and i think the, the, the three films have taken diff followed the basic plot of them but taken it different aspects because it did go on for 79 chapters and uh, collected into eight volumes so there's an awful lot of things in the comic book which won't have been in the film so right but that's uh, my number three very good my number three is 300 directed by Zack snyder and based on the comic book it was a dark horse miniseries by frank miller uh, which I'm not a huge fan of the comic book, and and yeah, uh, yeah, I you know, but I just I love this film so much, and I've talked about another one I've talked about on the show before, so I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. Most people have seen it, and a lot of people like it. It's a really stylish, stylish film. Um, I wish Zack Snyder had lived up to the potential he showed on this film. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because it's it's so cool, and he tried to take this formula and repeat it in other films, and it doesn't really seem to work, and I don't know why that is. But regardless of anything he's done before or since, 300 is a, an action film masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. So, And also Michael Fassbender is in it, which I did not realize until just today when I was watching a clip of it online. Oh, yeah, and he is, yeah, yeah. He's one of, and I was like, oh, there's a real actor in this film too, like, well, in addition to a, all the others. It's got a pretty good cast. got the guy, uh, David Wenham. Yeah, yeah David Wenham. Is, he's the guy, David Wenham, and he's the guy who's the narrator of uh, 300. He was in Lord of the Rings and other things like that. But Ah, uh, right. The Australian actor. But yeah, I 300 almost made my list, but then just got pushed out. But like you, I mean, Zack Snyder's, he caught lightning in a bottle with that one. I always feel. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. He really did. Yeah. And like you, I, I mean, the comic, I find, I do like Sin City, Frank Miller's Sin City, and his, dead, his Daredevil things and a few other ones, but I found 300, it was it was a hard read. It was just... 300 it was sort of the the start of the Frank Miller decline for me. Um, yeah, where, yeah. Where, uh, you know, before that, he had been doing Sin City, which is hands down one of my favorite comics of all time. Yeah. And so then when this came out, I was like, oh, it's a new Frank Miller, yay. And then I read it and I was like, hmm, yeah, I don't yeah. know what happened there. Frank took a little left turn. Yeah. It was even just the things that, like the uh, the way it was all set out. Yeah. I just found it difficult. You know, you're going, well, what, what am I meant to be looking at now? Where's the... It didn't flow. Didn't throw right, it at all. Right. But great film. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, my number two is uh, is the 2012 uh, film Dread, mm. directed by, well, they say directed by Pete Travis, but apparently Alex Garland, who wrote and produced it, did an awful lot of directing. I'm not sure what the whole deal was with that, but uh, right. yeah, it's based on the Judge Dread comic strip from the mighty 2000 AD and had Carl Urban as Judge Dread, and it pretty much nailed it. And I just wish all the people who said we want a decent Dread film had gone to see the damn film so we could have had a sequel. Right. Oh, because I'm just I'm just so gutted nobody went to see it. Yeah, it was everything people wanted in an R-rated or 15-rated comic book movie, 
And all these people who were shouting about it didn't go and see it. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. It's true. Um, I really like Dread. It didn't make my list. It's one of those films that I, I like it a lot. I've seen it a yeah, bunch yeah. of times. I, I really dig it. But it's a very dark film. And it's, it's got some not even overly violent, overly gratuitous scenes uh, early on in, in the, the with the mama stuff and all that, which I, I you know. Yeah. I, so I like it a lot. I certainly am a fan. But it just got edged. If we were doing our top 10, it would have made it. But yeah. All right. Well, my number two is a film. Meh maybe might see it still on your list. I don't know. It is 1990s The Rocketeer, uh, and it is based on the comic book by the late, great Dave Stevens, who was an amazing comic book artist, and he created this Rocketeer because he loved the the old-style Hollywood serials and, and you know the aerial shows and all that stuff, and he created this man with a flying rocket pack, and it was a great, fun comic with amazing artwork, and then they turned it into a great, fun movie with great visuals, and that really captured the spirit of Dave Stevens' comics. Uh, and it was kind of a circuitous path to getting to the film. I read an article about it not that long ago, and uh, it, it took some doing for it to actually get made into a movie. Yeah. But um, it's a really fun film. I thought William Campbell, I don't. I still don't know why he didn't turn into a bigger star, although he went on to have quite a successful television career. Yeah, that's right. So, he should have been. You know, yeah. but he's so great in that movie. He's so likable, and he has such a great screen presence, and he's got the humor and the good looks and everything. I don't know why it didn't translate and why the film itself wasn't even a, a bigger hit. But I know there's a lot of fans of the movie out there. Uh, it's kind of a cult classic these days. So I, I do love the film. That's uh, That's my number two. Well, my number one is The Rocketeer. I had a feeling it might be. <laughs> yeah, just as everything you said, it's just, I always loved the old King of the Rocket Man serials and stuff. They always used to have them Saturday mornings when I was a kid. Well, it wasn't the first showing of them, obviously, just for people right. out there. They right. were repeats. Uh, but I always liked the whole idea, you know, of Rocket Pack. And they just, as you say, it just captured the whole, that pulp sensibility of, you know, the square-jawed hero. Yeah, but the back in, you know, the pulp, the pulp thing, the whole uh, damsel in distress, even though she's not a damsel and she wasn't in distress because... Because Jennifer Connelly can hold her own, and you have you know, just Timothy Dalton was just brilliant, and it just has references to the old uh, Zorro and Robin Hood films with the sword fights you see behind the scenes of making movies, and and you got a rocket pack with a cool helmet design, all thanks to uh, the original comic from Dave Stevens, just done really well. As as you say, the whole film should have done so much better. I'm just wondering whether it was just released at the wrong time, maybe it'd been a few years later or a few years before. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it was it was had it all there and it just didn't quite catch the public. Yeah, so, which yeah. is a shame. It is. Well, I spoiled your number one, Phil, but I'm betting you can probably spoil my number one if you if you want. So, any guesses? You've, you said thirty days and nights. Oh, I, I did think of it as well. Come on, it's it's the big one. You're you're missing an obvious one. <sighs> Damn it, Phil! I thought you knew me. I, I, I do. I'm gonna. I'm kicking myself. I'm going blank. <sighs> I'm so disappointed in you. Hold on. No, I can't. You know, when your mind's just gone boom, I'm going to get this rocket here at the minute. Think. Okay. Well, obviously, um, I know what your number one is, Mike, but you want to tell the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, Phil. And that's that's podcast magic. Well, my number one is a film that will come as a surprise to nobody. It is The Crow. Damn it, that's what I knew. I had it written down as well it's on the other page. <laughs> Jesus Christ. When I was doing the list, as soon as I saw the crow, I was going, I won't put that on my list. Right. I know it'll be on Mike's. I know it'll be his number one or number two. Yep. Oh. 
Oh, well, yeah, I just said no surprise to anyone. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a film I've talked about a lot on this show. It, it is clearly one of my favorite, favorite movies. Uh, it's based on a comic book by James O'Barr. It was published by Caliber Press, very small publishing company back in the 80s it, it came out. Um, the Crow graphic novel is one of my favorite comic books of all time. It's really dark and really emotional. And then the movie... Um, what I love about the movie is that they changed a lot from the comic book. It is yeah, not yeah. one of those things that is just completely straight on from the comics. But it doesn't matter because they got the spirit of it and they captured the character. And Brandon Lee did such a great job. So even though they changed like the whole second half of the story, it's still a great film because they, they figured out and made a way to make it work and to, to stay true to what everyone loved about the original comics. So, um, and, and as I've said a number of times, great love story, but at the end of the day too, it's just a kick-ass action flick with some really amazing action sequences in it. So, uh, I love this movie and, and I'm sure that there are definitely people who knew it was coming as my number one. Yeah. It is, it is a great film. Very stylish, good soundtrack. Uh, yeah. Brandon Lee just, yeah. I yeah. could do. I could do a whole episode talking about the crow, yeah. but I won't. But, but we did. We did talk about it. In <laughs> we did, as a matter of fact. Up, yes. After the ending of that, and also interviewed interviewed Rochelle Davis, who's in the film. Uh, that was way back in the main episode eleven. Yeah, good good times. That's a good one. Check that one out if you yeah. get a chance. But uh, that's our list. That is our list. Our top five. A good list. I think there's some good movies in there. And um, yeah, I, there was one or two kind of more that I wanted to get on there because just because they haven't gotten the attention of some of these ones, but I couldn't. I couldn't justify putting it ahead of yeah. my top five. Yeah, because Sin City almost made my list as well. Right. I was thinking of, um, I also almost put on uh, Ghost World by Terry Zweigoff, which is based on an independent comic by Daniel Close, uh, with uh, Thora Birch and a young Scarlett Johansson at a time when Thora Birch was a much bigger star than Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of this black comedy about these two disaffected teenage girls and sort of their weird little lives after high school. Um, but I really like it. It's a, it's a good film. Um, it's it's funny and it's it's kind of moving um, and acerbic, but it just, like I said, it got edged out of my list. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good film. There's another one as well, which uh, is a pretty good film the past past few years and you probably didn't realize it's a comic book film but it is uh the 2013 film blue is the warmest color which i did starred... not know that was based on a comic book oh there you go it's a, it's a film that stars leia sado and adele exar Shupulis. i think that's how you say name sorry adele sure. that's not right uh but it's based on a 2010 french graphic novel of the same name by julie marrow so that's another example for people who may be not into comics just to see you know the, the wide range of uh, of films that can be on it. But we also had things like uh, Snowpiercer. That's another one. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Kingsman. Kingsman, of course. Yeah, Kingsman. Yeah, so some really good some really good non-Marvel DC movies out there, but those were our top five. Yes, but uh, if you want to get in touch and let us know uh, your favorite non-DC or Marvel comic book film, get in touch at the usual places on Twitter and Facebook, and you can leave comments on the various uh, podcast uh, platforms that you're listening to this on. Indeed you can. Or you can email us at afterthending at verizon.net. That's right. And uh, I think that's it, isn't it? It is. All yeah. right. So there you go. That's a little another mini episode uh, under our caps. Uh, as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. Then in 2006, there's an Indian version uh, called Zinda, which I've not seen. Does it involve a lot of singing and dancing? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I know nothing about it. I literally saw it <laughs> hey, just now. Hey, you just slept with your daughter. Let's <laughs> I'm sing gonna a song. Cut off my tongue. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, don't eat that octopus. <laughs>